0: Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and hit the lights. All right. Welcome to Friday Fire. At this time, I want to introduce our speaker for tonight. She is married to a mighty man of God. And uh, she will be preaching out of the Word today. All right. Aaron someone who's going to be preaching tonight. Let's put our hands together. Let's welcome her up. this is the water that christian gave me and it says a uh, junior water and it's for like little kids and i have to like it's so hard to drink you guys ever drink out of these anyway i've been sucking on this for the past hour but um okay if i can have um people try to move to the middle as much as possible can we try to do that yeah thank you i'm so used to our friday fire room that uh I like everybody really close together, (laughs) if that's okay with y'all. Okay, all right, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, We're going to start tonight by just praying a quick prayer for one another. And I want you to just, um, if your neighbor's okay with it, just lay your hand on your neighbor's uh, shoulder and just pray a prayer blessing over them. Lord, bless my neighbor. Open up their hearts and just pour out your spirit upon them. So let's just bless our neighbors right now. Father, God, we just thank you right now, Lord, and we just pray. We invite your presence to fill this place, God, and we just pray, Father, right now, all across this room, your presence, God, will begin to fill up the sanctuary, God, that Your presence will begin to stir in our hearts, God. We just invite Your truth, we invite Your goodness, we invite Your love to manifest, God, all across this room, Lord. We declare blessings, we prophesy breakthrough, God. We declare blessings, God, over our neighbors right now, Lord. I pray, Father, God, that You begin to tear down walls of lies, God, and that You will set up God foundations of truth, God, over Your people right now, Lord, Father. We just thank You, we praise Your name, God, we worship You in Your house today, Father. We just thank. Thank you yes lord father we just thank you that we are one body and god we come before you god just as one voice with one heart god you are the head oh lord and we just pray father blessing over our neighbors right now god and we just pray that you just open up our hearts right now that you just your presence will just begin to just uh, flood this place god god we just pray that your word would go out and just minister to us lord Father, that your truth will be established in our spirits, God, that your truth will set us free tonight. God, we just love you. We thank you. We rejoice in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Uh, I'm going to be preaching from Zechariah tonight. So if you guys can open up your Bibles, we're going to be reading uh, Zechariah chapter 3 and 4. A bit of reading. Just a bit. It's not that bad. Okay, and uh, I'm going to be reading from the ESV, so we'll do the 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 verse to the verse thing. Okay, so when y'all are ready, just look up at me. Zechariah chapter 3 uh, and chapter 4. Is this mic too loud? Am I obnoxious? Okay. All right. Are you guys all ready? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> all righty. Zechariah is really close to Matthew, right before Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament. Okay, all right, let's start. Uh, chapter 3, then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. Now Joshua, standing before the angel, clothed with filthy garments, and the angel said to those who were standing before him, Remove the filthy garments from him, and to him he said, Move away from you, and I will clothe you with garments. And I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord was standing by. Thus says the Lord of hosts, if you walk in my ways and keep my charge, then you shall rule my house and have charge of my courts. And I will give you the right of access among those who are standing here. For behold, on the stone that I have set before Joshua, on a single stone with seven eyes, I will engrave its inscription, declares the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of this land in a single day. Chapter 4 And the angel who talked with me came again and woke me, like a man who was awakened out of his sleep. And there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. Then the angel who—oh, is it me? Oh no, it is me. Then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, "Do you not know what these are?" I said, "No, my lord." Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. And then the word of the Lord me, Oh, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts have sent me to you. And I said to him, What are these two olive trees on the right and o- and the left of the lampstand? And the second time I answered, I said to him, What are these two branches of the olive trees, which are decided to move over my head, from which the golden flow is brought out? He said to me, Do you not know what these are? I said, No, my Lord. And then he said, These are the two anointed ones who stand by the Lord of the earth. Amen. Amen. You know, so Christian and I, we live in Mapogu right now. And the area of Maapogu has gone under, like, massive makeover. Like, it used to be, like, I don't know if it was, like, a great place or, a, I don't know, but it wasn't that great. And uh, Christian actually went to the Purongsan the other day, and I think he was in conversation with a realtor. And we were trying to figure out why the prices have skyrocketed so much in our district. Actually, Maapogu, the district we live in, is the, the most expensive place to live in Seoul. All of Seoul. That's where we live. It's crazy. And so you would think that it's like Akgujong or like Gangnam, but it's actually Maopogu right now. And so he's talking to the realtor, and they're like, man, this, the prices are skyrocketing. Uh, why is it so expensive? And the, the guy starts telling him, um, obviously we have a lot of amazing apartments that have gone up, Lotte Castle, and you know, we have all these new apartments, literally construction all around us. Uh, but I found out that um, we're going to have an E-Mart coming to my neighborhood. <laughs> Okay, that might not be exciting for you, but Chris and I go like to Emart once a month. Okay, because we have to go to an Emart, you know, outside of where we live, and I have to wait for him to drive and all this stuff. It's a big hassle, so we go to Emart or home plus, and you know, we write a list of all the things we can't buy at our local supermarket. We wait for that trip to Emart. But now Emart's coming to our neighborhood, and I can just go there by myself. It's awesome. Okay, you know what? I'm excited. All right, I'm excited for that, and um. On top of that, even more exciting than that, they're building a subway line um, that's going from Seoul Station to Gongdok Station, which is where I live, straight to Incheon Airport. So they're providing a direct line to the airport from where I live. That's amazing. For for us, we travel a lot, so we're constantly take you know paying 15 bucks to get on the airport bus and you know tracking our way to the airport. But now there's a God's opening up a subway subway line directly to Incheon. That's amazing. And so because we have all these different things that are happening in our neighborhood, I mean, prices are skyrocketing. And, I, and as I was sharing with you guys, we have a lot of apartments going up. And there's this one particular apartment that we live right across the street from. And I think Christian might have mentioned this because the construction has humbled me. No, it's source of much opposition. Um, it's called Pentras uh and it's a really nice apartment complex and they they took up this whole section in our neighborhood and it's about like i don't know 5 6 buildings or something like that and they're almost done and i think when i first started dating christian it wasn't it didn't even exist and so over the the course of 4 years they built up these like amazing buildings and um i want to live there and so i'm praying about it. <laughs> i'm praying about it. it's it's super nice um But it takes up this big area in Mapo, and before it existed, there used to be this, like, um, I don't know, it's like the kondok slums. It was like this really ghetto area, all single floor, like really deserted buildings. And I I don't know if you guys have ever seen it or if you guys ever visited Christian's apartment back in the day, but when I first went to his apartment, this is before we were dating, uh, he led us through a course of these buildings to get to his apartment. And, like, I remember being really scared. Like, there was, like, red spray paint. Like, I think because they were kicking people out. And so they, like, spray painted over thing, everything. And I was, like, walking. I felt really bad for Christian because I thought he lived in a really bad neighborhood, you know. It's like, this is so sad. And then, then I went to his apartment. I was like, jerk, he's living in such a nice place, um, which is my place now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but this area was really, really bad. And over the course, after we started dating, uh, I noticed that they just started doing, like, major demolition. And they just, like, tore everything out. And next thing you know, they're building these awesome apartments. And I was just thinking and reflecting about every all the changes that are going on in my neighborhood. And uh, after the leader's retreat, you know, it was just we were just driving around. And, man, God was really speaking to me about it. And he was just saying a simple sentence, a simple truth, that God is a God of restoration. Amen. He's a God that restores. He's a God that takes us from the slums to despair to a a crazy apartment complex of joy. That's the kind of God that we serve. And not only does he restore us, but he's a God of upgrade. Amen? Now, he doesn't restore us to better slums. He gives us some luxury apartments, amen, like Pentros. Our God is a God of the upgrade. And I just started getting really excited because we, so many of us have just gone through this season of healing and deliverance. And, uh, you know, we've been going through a lot. And sometimes it's hard to see where we're going because we're dealing with the issues that are right in front of us. And God just kept reminding me, no, have faith. Have faith. I am the God of full restoration. There is an upgrade that's coming to the people of God, and they need to look out for it. Amen. But there's one thing that I realized, and that was before a single brick was laid down for the Pentrost apartment building, uh, there needed to be a. The the old slums needed to be demolished. There needed to be some demolition that needed to happen before a single brick was laid out. And uh, all these little ghetto, moldy buildings, they had to get crushed by, you know those like wrecking balls? And slamming it. That's literally what happened. They just brought this huge thing with this thing and then hanging from that thing was a the big ball thing and it was just slamming into everything you know and you know there's some buildings that are more stubborn than the others buildings that take a little bit longer to knock down but needless to say still all the buildings were crushed completely i mean they were tore up smashed to pieces completely destroyed and these were the buildings that once occupied that whole area and I was thinking about it, I'm like, man, what a perfect illustration of deliverance ministry right there. A deliverance session is just that in itself. It's the demolishing of the lies of the devil. Right? It's the demolishing of the ghetto slums of rejection right? by the wrecking ball of confession, repentance, and renouncing. That's the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. He's not only in the business of rebuilding, but Jesus is in the business of demolition. He's a demolition man. He destroys. It says in the word of God that he came to destroy the devil's works. That's God's job description. He's out to destroy what the devil has set up in our hearts that is not part of our identity or who we are. And so I feel like there's so many of us that experience some of that demolition, and y'all know that it can be a little bit painful. That sometimes it's not the most pretty sight, you know? It's a little bit. It gets a little bit ugly. But still, God is, he's a God who rebuilds. And, and the title of my message tonight is The Call to Rebuild. And I feel like from this place of the destruction of the enemy's lies, God is calling us to rebuild the temple. That's you and me. We are the temple of God. And God is calling us to rebuild this temple to not just its former glory, but even greater, even greater than that, the upgrade. And so I want to go over some of the truths that we can find in this passage in Zechariah. These truths of rebuilding. And the first truth I want to go over is that your authority has been restored. Number one, your authority has been restored. And we see in chapter three, we read that long passage. It's an illustration of what happens in a deliverance session. You enter the courtroom of the spiritual realm. And you've got this, the devil, the accuser, and he's pointing his finger at you. And you stand there, and guess what? We're guilty. And we're, we're wearing the clothes of guilt, rags, dirt. And we can't even say a word. We have, You know, at that moment, we have no authority because we gave it up. Just as Adam and Eve gave it up in that, that scene of the, the, uh, in Genesis with the apple, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, when they gave up their authority, it's the same thing. We have given up our authority to the devil. And it's just like this picture in chapter 3. Joshua, the high priest, he's representing all of the people of Israel, he couldn't say anything. What was he going to say? The Satan stands there to accuse him, and he's silent. And the next thing you know, you have the Lord intercede on our behalf. He interrupts, and it's his voice that says, I rebuke you, devil. I rebuke you. And he steps in, and he saves us, and then he commands those rags off of us to be taken off. And he removes the sin, and he removes the iniquity off of us. And then he begins to command, put the clean turban back on his head. You see, the turban was worn by the high priest, and it represented his position of authority, his priesthood. And at that moment... Joshua, who was a high priest at that time, was restored. And he said, put the clean garments back on him. These were costly garments. And at that moment, when Jesus Christ himself interrupted and interceded on, that, on behalf of Joshua, who represents us, authority was restored. All authority was restored. Amen. And it shifted. Something shifted in the spiritual realm. Some of you have sat through these prayers of confession, repentance, and renouncing. You may not really have felt anything. Or you may have thought, I don't even know if something's going on here. Or, you know, you're not emotional about it. You're not crying. And so you begin to question what's going on. I want to tell you the truth tonight. That something happened. That the moment you confess with your lips, and you do it in faith, There's something that's going on in the courtroom of the spiritual realm. And that area in your life where you lost authority because you gave into sin, you regain it back. And God says, it's yours again. And so let me just tell you something. Something happened. Amen? Something happens when we confess. And it's at that moment, God, it's as if he he took the keys and he gave them back to us. See, Christ paid the full price. He paid the full price for us. And so we're called to rebuild, but before you can rebuild anything, you need something called a permit. Y'all know we need a permit? I can't just go outside this church and find a little piece of the lawn and start building whatever I want to build or start tearing down whatever I want to tear down. You need a permit both to destroy and you need a permit both to build. Okay. And it's it that it's at that moment when you confess your sin when Jesus Christ's blood covers you when you get that turban back on your head, you get that permit. It's the permit to destroy the devil's works and it's the permit to build upon it the truth. And so all of a sudden you got this property back. Authority has been taken back and now it's time to build, brothers and sisters. See, the deliverance part is the beginning. It is the basic. It is just merely the wrecking ball going back and forth, destroying the works of the enemy. But we're entering a season as a church, as a body, where we got to build up. See, we were, we were once living in the slums, but God wants to raise up some hardcore luxury apartment buildings, okay? Some lote castles in your spirit, amen? <laughs> you know? Come on now. Some apartments that, that are set on truth that declare that you are accepted, that declare that you are loved, where you're coming from that kind of place. And where we had no access before, Jesus paid it all. And he gave us that permit right there, and it's in your hands right now. We got an access that we did not have before. Hmm. Now, the second truth that I want to point out to you when it comes to rebuilding is that you will be faced with opposition. Get that, that truth in your mind right now. It is not going to be easy. You will be faced with opposition. If you turn with me to Zechariah chapter four, we're going to be looking at verses six to seven. And it says, Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. Now, Zerubbabel, he was a prophet during that time. He was like tag teaming with Haggai. Okay. And their message was kind of in complementary with each other. It was to rebuild the temple of God because it was destroyed by the Babylonians. And so the call was out, rebuild the temple. And Zechariah's call was come back to the Lord. It was a message of repentance. Return to me, says the Lord, and I will return to you. That's the message that Zechariah was carrying. And so they were tag teaming together to get the people back to the temple. Okay. And in Haggai in chapter two, in chapter one, excuse me, you see the call go out to Joshua, who was a high priest at the time, and Zerubbabel, who was He's part of the Davidic line. He's part of David's line. But at the time, he was working as a, like kind of like a governor. He wasn't a king, but he was a man of power, a man of influence. And so the Spirit of God began to stir in both their hearts, and that calling went out, you are to rebuild the temple. And so they took that upon themselves. But as time went by, it was not easy. It was not easy easy. And not only did they face opposition from other people, they faced opposition from their own people who were getting tired. And they were getting tired of the whole rebuilding stage. And, and, and it was so easy for Zerubbabel to get discouraged. And here comes God. He is so gracious, isn't he? And he sends a vision to Zacharias, specifically to Zerubbabel, to encourage him, not by might, nor by power, but by the spirit of God, that mountain that you see in front of you, you're going to declare it as a plane and it will come down. And I feel like God is saying the same thing to you and I. Opposition will come. And there are going to be times where it even comes within ourselves, where you begin to think, man, is this worth it? This is, this is getting hard. I'm getting tired. My arms are tired right now. And the enemy will begin to feed you lies of deception and destruction. But at that moment, we need to remember that we have the authority to speak to that mountain and declare it to be a plain. Amen? It says in Jeremiah 51, 25, I am against you, O destroying mountain. You who destroy the whole earth, declares the Lord, I will stretch out my hand against you, roll you off the cliffs, and make you a burnt-out mountain. Amen? Isaiah chapter 40, verse 4 says, Every valley shall be raised up, Every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain. Amen. Opposition is going to come. It's going to come through your circumstances. It's going to come through other people. And it's even going to come from your flesh. Opposition is going to begin to rise up. But that's when you decree and declare out of the authority that was restored the authority that was given back to you, that that mountain is coming down. Amen? You are a new creation. It says, actually, in the... I don't know where I read this, but in rabbinic... Rabbinic? Rabbinic literature. Okay? um, It was said that a man who showed spiritual discernment, he was coined a mountain remover. A man that showed spiritual discernment, a mountain remover. So I feel like we should... Add this to our 20-some identities that JN makes everybody memorize all the time. You know, I am a new creation. I am beloved. I am redeemed. I am a mountain remover. Amen? Yeah. You are a mountain remover. Turn to your neighbor and say that. I am a mountain remover. I am a mountain remover. <laughs> <laughs> I am a mountain remover. Guess what? If you get opposition coming your way, If you're in the process of rebuilding yourself and also building up another person and you get opposition, they are trespassing. Okay, that's a trespass. The moment you have the authority through prayer, through the blood of Jesus Christ, you get that authority back. You get that permit back and you get a little creeper coming and shouting lies at you. He's trespassing. That's like somebody coming to your apartment and trying to rob you. That is illegal. Illegal. You just got your rights back. And so when that happens, you need to come from that place. Not like, oh no, they're back again. What am I gonna do? Something's wrong. This didn't work. No, no, no. no. You gotta get back to that place. Uh-uh. You're trespassing, buddy? Get off my property. Okay. Get off. <laughs> you can be like in the south and get your shotgun out and be like, get out my property. All right. <laughs> But we need a renewing of the mind because we just, Krishna says this to me all the time, why are you allowing that? And I get to, I hit places where I get discouraged and I hit places where, you know, I really feel like the devil's lies are creeping up and, and trying to make a home back inside of me. And I, I share with Krishna, oh, I don't feel good. And he's like, why are you allowing that? Why are you allowing that? I'm like, I'm <laughs> Don't, you don't understand me. Why are you not gentle enough? You know, but, but when it comes down to it, my husband is speaking the truth. Why are you allowing that? It's at that time you got to remember, uh-uh, homie, you are trespassing. You do not belong here. Hey, father, I'm going to take you captive right now. And I'm going to submit you to the truth of God. And you need to get out. And so we need to rise up in that kind of authority. That's the authority that you and I have. And so when you get those old temptations trying to creep back, that's what you got to say. You do not belong here. I have authority over you. This is good news, you guys. This is kind of like a good news message over here. The message of restoration, demolition, and rebuilding. It's the good news. Because even though you took care of some of your slums, I'm going to be honest. Even with me, I had my healing and deliverance session. But there are still areas in my life where I know I'm living ghetto. Where I'm, I'm living in a poor mentality. While I'm living in the slums, you know what I'm saying? And God is still calling me to those areas to confront them. This is an ongoing thing. Deliverance and healing is, a, healing is an ongoing thing. And this is a message we all need to hear. I don't care if you had your session yesterday, if you had it two years ago, if you didn't even have it at all. Healing and deliverance, restoration is for you. This is something we got to take to heart every day of our lives. That this is the good news we have. The third truth I want to say is that God will exceed all your expectations. Verse 8 to 10 from chapter 4, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hand shall also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, for whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice and see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. Amen. Do not despise the small beginnings. I don't care where you're at at your walk. You might be facing something and you might be feeling real weak right now. But do not despise your small beginning because God will build you up. And in this work contains a promise that it will be made complete. What he started in you, he will bring it to completion. I know there are things we're all still struggling with. This deliverance thing is a walking out sort of situation. Every day we confront we confront ourselves. And there are going to be times where you get discouraged, where you may even fall, but you need to be reminded of this truth. God will complete it. Not only will he complete it, he will make it even better than all you can ask for or imagine. It says in Haggai that the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. But you know what we do? Sometimes we look at ourselves and all we see is what we amount up to. And we say, okay, that's as far as we're going to go. I did this for two weeks. I fought. This is all I'm going to, this is as far as I'm going to go. We get so impatient with ourselves. All the time we get impatient with ourselves. Man, all the time I get impatient with myself. But that truth is something God wants to solidify in you. I will finish. By your hands, I will finish. Hmm. So do not be discouraged by the small beginning that's a word for everything, isn't it? There's so many small beginnings that we're having. I say this over our and staff all the time. We have 30, about 30 students. These days we've been growing. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Praise the Lord. We are, we've been filling up uh, our one-year hall. <laughs> but it's small beginning compared to what we see in our, in the vision that God has given us. And constantly we got to Not despise our humble beginning, but we got to believe that God is going to fulfill the prophetic word that he gave to our ministry. He's going to exceed all your expectations. Think of the best you that you can think of. Just think of the best you. It's even hard for me to imagine. (laughs) We identify so much with our faults, don't we? I'm a person that always runs late. That's just who I am. We say things like that. Okay, that's not the truth, but think of the best, best of you that you can think of and then multiply that by infinity. That's who God is wanting you to be. It's a, it's an upgrade. You, you, we, we don't even know. We can't even imagine where God is taking to Moses could not imagine what God was going to bring him through. Gideon could not imagine where God was going to take him. Can you just have, we just have no idea, but trust me, it's going to be good. It's gonna be good. The fourth truth that I want to share with you guys, the final truth is that Jesus will supply all that you need. This is a simple truth, but it's one we gotta remember. Jesus will supply all that you need. This is a vision gave to Zachariah to encourage Zerubbabel. Oh, Zachariah to encourage Zerubbabel. He was at the forefront. He was a forerunner at this time for this rebuilding of the temple. And we see this imagery of this intricate lamp. It's kind of actually hard to imagine. If you read it, it's really hard to picture. But I'm going to try to help you guys. So I want you guys to close your eyes. And I'm going to read it out loud. And I want you to actually try to see if you can come up with this. I tried to draw it. It was a mess. But um, let me try to help you out. Okay, you're looking at a lamp and it's made out of solid gold and on top of this lamp is a bowl and it serves as this like reservoir of oil okay and from this bowl flows seven channels that goes to seven lamps okay you see that bowl and the oil dripping down the channel to the lamp and on each lamp are seven lips or you can just say that there are going to be seven lights from each lamp. So how many lights are there going to be in total? 49. Yeah, that took me a while to figure out. But you're, quite, you're quick. All right, so 49 lights burning from this one lampstand. Okay, now stay with me. On each of the lampstand, on each side, there are two olive trees. So one olive tree to the right and one olive tree to the left. And if you can imagine, these olive trees are covering over this lamp. Okay. And there's two branches, one branch from the left, one branch from the right. And attached to each branch is a golden pipe. And from that golden pipe is pouring out golden oil back to that bowl. Can you guys see that? So you got the tree left to the right, then a branch from each tree. And from the branch is a golden, golden pipe. And each pipe is flowing into that pouring into that that bowl that's on the top of that lampstand okay it took me a while if you guys can picture it can can you guys see it (laughs) Mm -mm. (laughs) that's all right that's okay (laughs) you guys can open your eyes now and so here zachariah sees it and you know what it's somewhat of a familiar image because there's a lampstand that's placed in the tabernacle and it's the only light that's there and the priests are called to continuously pour the oil to keep the lamp burning. And so when he saw the lampstand, I'm sure he was probably like, okay, I get that. But wait, it looks really different. Okay, and it was like a, the lampstand upgraded hardcore. And so he had a couple of questions. And he was asking God, well, these two olive trees, what do they represent? What do they represent? And God says that they are two anointed ones. Now there's some debate about who these anointed ones were, but I think most people will say that it's Joshua the high priest is one olive tree, and Zerubbabel is the other olive tree. And it just represents the, the royal office that Zerubbabel holds and the priestly office right, that Joshua holds. And under those two leaderships can flow, like flowing from the top down, can flow the oil to the lampstand that can make the lampstand bright. Okay? Now, what's amazing is you get two branches, but what it's actually pointing to is one branch. It's the one branch that's spoken about in chapter 3. It's my servant, the branch, Jesus Christ himself. And it's only Jesus Christ who holds the position both of a king and of a priest a man that carries a royal office as well as a priestly office. And it's him in combination of those two that pours the fresh oil, allows that oil to flow into us. He is that door. Amen? And he pours that. It is Jesus that baptizes us in what? By the Holy Spirit. And it's Jesus that allows that spirit to flow and to empower us. So what is the point of this illustration that God is trying to make to Zerubbabel? You got more than enough. I'm pretty sure that's what he was trying to say. You got more than enough. I don't have two pitchers pouring into this bowl. I got two olive trees, okay? Two trees, two olive trees on each side pouring into this bowl, fresh golden oil. That's what it looks like. My relationship with you, I got you covered. You'll learn that when it comes to walking out and rebuilding what God wants to build in our hearts, man, we can't do it on our own. Amen? We try to lay the brick down of discipline on our own, or we try to lay the brick down of joy on our own. It does not work like that. It's just like the Word of God says, not by power nor by might, but it's only by my spirit. And we have an abundant flow of that spirit through Jesus Christ. That is the good news. That is the good news. And so we are entering this season of rebuilding. We're entering the season of rebuilding. God wants to rebuild in you and I the truths of who we are. And he's going to do it by his spirit alone. His spirit alone. It's not going to be by works. This is where we get stuck sometimes. It's not going to be by works, but it's going to be by his spirit where we become whole and established again. Hmm. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22. Let's all read it together. One, two, three. So then you are no longer slaves, strangers, and aliens but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows in a whole, into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place by the Spirit. Amen. Let me put it to this way we're a city we're a city and god is rebuilding this city it's, it's a together thing that's the point i'm trying to make we are being built up together and so when it comes down to it when i think about the rebuilding that needs to go on in my life i need some construction workers amen i'm thinking about it, i'm like i can't do this by myself and thank god god has supplied it it's you you are my construction worker And I am your construction worker. This fellowship, this body, we are called to rebuild the temple. And that's not only within ourselves, but within each other. And I feel like it's a word that goes out to all of us. Let's build in one another. Let's speak truth over one another. Let's lay down the foundation of love over one another. When we try to do this on our own, this is where things go bad. This is where things go bad. And this is where we get really drained out. And it just... You just get dried out but it's when we do it together when we build together and join as one body man it's something that that's really beautiful that happens and so this is a call that's going out to rebuild we gotta first demolish and then we gotta rebuild demolish and then rebuild and this church i feel like we have gone through seasons of demolishing some things amen We have demolished some things in this church. But now it's time to build up. It's time to build up. It's time for us to set these skyscrapers of just passion, of joy, of love, of acceptance within each other. And so I want us just to bow down our heads in prayer. And let's just invite the presence of God just to fill this place. Let's all just pray in the Spirit. Just fill this place. God, you just stir up in the hearts in this place, God. Father, that you begin to stir up in this place, God, over Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, we just invite your presence. Come on, guys. Let's invite His presence in this place. Lord, we invite you in this place, God. Holy Spirit, we just invite your presence in this place, God. We invite your presence in this place, God. We invite your presence in this place, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God, authority has been restored. Authority has been restored, God. And we just speak that over ourselves right now, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hmm. Hmm. I just feel like there are some mountains that are here. I just feel like some of you guys are looking up and you see a huge mountain in front of you. And you feel like you're stuck. There might have been steps of progress and even breakthrough, but you're hitting a wall right now. And the enemy is trying to make a comeback. But you have authority because authority has been restored by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I just feel like God wants us to shout these mountains down simply because they are trespassing. That this work of the enemy is an illegal work. And that we're going to cancel it in Jesus' name. And so I want you to just be bold and let's just all cry out together. And I want you to just confront whatever mountains you're facing. Is it one of despair? Is it one of doubt? Have you been discouraged? Is it one of self-pity? Is it victim mentality? Whatever it is that may be standing in your way from allowing God to build upon your heart. I want us to just begin to declare it destroyed right now. And so let's just begin to pray. I want you guys just to pray over yourselves and just declare that you have authority over these things. God, oh Lord, I just pray right now, Father God, for your spirit, oh Lord. Father, we just declare every mountain made low. We declare every mountain made low. We declare there are only more than conquerors in this house, God. And every mountain that stands itself against the work of God, against the work of the Lord, God, we cancel right now, Lord. Every illegal activity, God, that's going on, O Lord, in your house, God, that's going on in your people, Father, God, we cancel right now, God. Every work of doubt, God, every lie of the enemy, Father, God, we just break down right now by the power of Jesus Christ, Lord. And we just command, O Lord, Father, God. We command this mountain to be made a plain right now, Lord, Father. We command this mountain to be made a plain right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord. And, Father, God, we just thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You have restored authority, God. And we just speak from that place of authority right now, God, that you have redeemed us in, God. Yes, Lord. We just thank you. We just thank you. We just thank you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Thank 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 you. Father God, we just thank you right now that you are a God that tears down you are a God that tears down lies. You are a God that tears down sickness. You are a God that tears down the words of the enemy. You are a God that tears down despair. You are a God that tears down pride. You are a God that tears down all insecurity, Lord. You are a God that tears down rejection. You are a God that destroys the work of the enemy. And so, father God, we thank you that you are the God of demolition you are the god that destroys and destroys completely that the work of the cross has paid the full price for the destruction of the devil's lies in our lives lord and so father god we praise you for that god and Lord, we thank you that you don't stop there, but you are the God that rebuilds. You are the God that digs deep to lay down a deep foundation. You are a God that lays down the root, Lord. You are a God that builds upon, Father God, floors and floors and floors of righteousness, God, upon your people, God. You lay down apartments of love, of joy, of acceptance, God, of grace, Lord. And Father God, we thank you that at this hour, you are rebuilding this church, your body, God. And where the enemy has set forth slums, God, you are building forth, oh, Lord, luxury apartments, God, of your goodness, God, over your people, Lord. Identities, Father God, that were once lost, God, you are restoring right now, Lord. We are a people that are redeemed. We are a people, God, that are made new in your name, God. And so, Father, we worship you tonight. We worship you tonight, God. And we thank you, Father God, that as you are building, we carry the authority, Lord. Father God, that you've given us full authority, God. That you've given us the permit to build. And so, Father God, we come against every trespassing spirit right now, God. Every work of the enemy, Father, to try to creep back in our property, Lord. And, Father, we say, Lord, devil, get out of our property. In Jesus' name. All the lies get out of our property. In Jesus' name, we command every mountain of opposition to become a plane before us right now, Lord. Every single person in this place, God, that's experiencing mountains, God, I declare by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, you will become a plane. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And God, we thank you that what you are building will be greater than all we can ever ask for or imagine, God. You are building a people, God, of righteousness, God. You are building up a people of integrity that walks in a in a walk of grace, O oh Lord. Father, God, that flow from a spirit of love, God. And we thank you, God, that what you, the city that you are restoring right now, God, is one of your glory, Lord. Just as that lamp shines bright, God, we will shine bright for you, Lord. And God, we thank you that we are connected to the unending source. God, we got... Olive trees to the left and to the right, Lord. Father God, you are pouring into us a golden oil, Lord. Father, it says in your word in Isaiah 61 that you will, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us. For the Lord has anointed us to preach good news to the poor. Father God, you have anointed us by your oil and we thank you, God. Lord, it's not only for our restoration, but Father, that we will be a tree, God, that will provide shade for others, Lord. God, and so we just pray into the restoration of our neighbor as well. God, that may we be a construction worker, Lord. Faithful to lay down a brick of love, God. Oh, Lord, in our neighbor's little construction site, God. That we will build each other up in love, God. As we are the one true body of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so, Father, we thank you, God, for this word. We thank you that you're calling us to rebuild. And, God, this not only stays for ourselves, but you are rebuilding the church right now, Father. Hallelujah. You're building up one right now, Lord. Father, that king bar may may not last, but, Father, you are building up, God, a greater building, Father, for one Church right now, Lord. And, Father, we just receive that in faith, God. You are building up your church, God. Hallelujah. And so, Father, we just we worship you in this place, God. And no longer will we allow the trespass of the devil to get us down, Lord. No longer will we give out the authority that belongs to us, God. But, Lord, we thank you. We stand in a place of redemption, God, clothed in clean wardrobes, Lord, and, Father, with a clean turban upon our heads. God, you have fully restored us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. You are too good. Hmm. Hmm. And, Father, we just pray God, that you would, Father, continue to flow in us a living water. God, that we would not be bound, Father, by religion or rules or legalism, Father, but that we would be set free by your Spirit. And we would walk in that freedom by your spirit, God. That we would live out that freedom by your spirit, Lord. That all that we would do would be not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. And so we thank you that this word to Zerubbabel, Father, you're speaking over us tonight, God. And it is a word of encouragement. It is a word, God, that says that you are with us. You are beside us, God. You are equipping us. You are enabling us, God. You are giving us everything that we need and more, Father. Oh, God, to just pursue what you have called us to do. And so, Father, we just thank you and we just seal all that you're doing in our hearts even right now, Lord. We worship you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.